0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, my name is Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and I am so glad to be with you once again as we get ready for another Pittsburgh Steeler contest. In fact, it's week 15 with only four games remaining and the Steelers at 6-6-1 are looking for a berth in the playoffs in the American Football Conference. They're taking on a tough Tennessee Titan team. Say that three times fast, but also say hello to my good friend, Kevin Smith, who is with me as always, the coach, KT. What's going on, my friend?
1: Brian, how are you, man? Good to be with you here. And, I... Uh, I'm i looking forward to, the, to this one. I love games against the Titans, so I'm looking forward to this week.
0: Yeah, I do too, uh, except for that one in 2002 slash 2003 when I believe it was Joe Nedney that did some acting that kept the Steelers uh, from going to the AFC Championship game, but that's for another time to talk about.
1: Yeah, Joe Nedney, tall, skinny, left-footed kicker. Is that Joe Nedney? Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. <laughs> uh, you know, I, every time I think about the Titans, I just flash back to being a kid when, when they were the Oilers, and I just, I just see Earl Campbell in his rip away jersey. Uh, you know, and I, I, I can kind of hear the Monday Night Football theme and Howard Cosell's voice. Oh, you know, I just kind of have great, great memories when I when I think about Steelers,
0: Oilers, and that kind of transforming into Steelers Titans. The two best fight songs. Now we talked about this uh I know on the preview and Jeff Hartman was really into it too cuz I love the uh old theme song for the San Diego Chargers when they were back there. San Diego Super Chargers San <laughs> yeah. Diego. But the Houston Oilers Houston Oilers, Houston Oilers. I have no clue what comes next. All I know is like, you hated when they scored against you, but yeah. you're like, oh, here comes the song. <laughs>
1: yeah. Houston
0: Oilers, number one. That's there we next. go. There, I don't there.
1: know anything beyond that,
0: but that's it. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, yes, the Houston Oilers, uh, man, I think the Titans keep the, I love the name of the Tennessee Titans. I think it's awesome. But I would love them to go back to that that uh, baby blue and red that would be awesome
1: yeah those were cool uniforms but you know what's interesting is uh the oil when the, the oilers becoming the titans they they basically kept the same sort of uh football mindset the same kind of you know way of playing the game as the, as the oilers did which is really interesting they they you know the oilers had that period in the late 80s where they experimented with the run and shoot Um, Oh yeah, chucking the ball. What did what did Buddy Ryan call it? The Chuck and Duck. Uh, Yep. But but uh, beyond you know, other than that sort of little period, the Oilers sort of seamlessly became the Titans. They've always been smash mouth football. Play the Steelers tough. You kind of know what to expect when when you when you play the Titans, just like you did with the Oilers. And I I know you know we we both know it's going to be a physical game on Sunday.
0: Uh, it definitely will be. And what Steeler team is going to show up? And that is really what defense is going to show up too as well. Now, it's going to be a very interesting game because two of their top offensive stars seem to be out for this game. And of course, we know that Derrick Henry is definitely out. A.J. Brown's been out for a while, too, and it doesn't look like he's going to be there. Julio Jones will be. But when you look at this game, It is going to come down to how well the Steelers play on defense. The Steelers usually play a team like the Tennessee Titans pretty well. They match up well, almost like they match up with the Baltimore Ravens. But this is a team, though, that they could really flummox you. And Tannehill's one of those guys. So let's talk about that as well. When you look at the Tennessee Titans on offense without a Derrick Henry, is there much to worry about? We know Deonta Foreman's been doing pretty well in his stead, but he is no Derek Henry, Kevin.
1: Yeah, they've actually they've really struggled since since Henry went out. in the In the five games that Henry's uh, been out, their their yards per game rushing has gone from about 160 some per game to 89 per game. So it's it's almost been cut in half. That's really a drastic reduction. Uh, you know, Foreman's had some moments where he's looked pretty good, but they just can't really sustain that. And what teams have done is, which is, I think is really interesting is I think they've capitalized as much, if not more on, on AJ Brown being out than they have on Derek Henry, because when you look at how teams have defended Tennessee, the last couple of weeks, like I go back to like three weeks ago when they played uh, the Texans, they, and they lost to it. You know, the Texans are two and 11. They lost to the Texans. And, the Texans had the worst run defense in the NFL at the time. And they basically just dared Tennessee to throw the ball down the field on them. they, they did to Tennessee what teams have been doing to the Steelers for the last couple of years now, which is just to put it, put load the box up, get a plus one in the box or drop a safety down. So, you know, if Tennessee was in 11 personnel, then the Texans had seven guys in the box against six Tennessee blockers. And if, Tennessee went to 12 personnel. It, it became eight on seven, but there was, they always had that plus one. And they were super aggressive uh, against the run. I mean, you, their linebackers looked like they were run blitzing every play. I think they were just filling down downfield as, or, or uh, downhill as fast as they could. But they were so vulnerable to play action pass and to, and to basically getting beaten on vertical routes. But in essence, they were saying, beat us that way. And, you know, Tennessee's identity is really so linked to their run game that they weren't able to do it. So not having A.J. Brown is, is a huge factor because uh, they don't threaten teams on the outside. I mean, Julio Jones is a great receiver and everybody knows that, but he's also 32 years old and he's been dinged up all year long. He only has 25 receptions all year. And then they got a bunch of no name dudes. I mean, that honestly, you. You know, I would I dare you to name another receiver on the roster besides Julio Jones, because I wrote about him this week for the website and I still can't remember, you know, so they they don't have the outside speed that allows them to threaten teams down the field. So teams are getting really bold with their safeties and basically just jamming up the run and daring them to throw.
0: Absolutely, that's fantastic. And I was about to throw out a guy's name, but I might be wrong. I was going to (laughs) say. adam humphreys but i actually think he's on washington so i think he was on tennessee a few years ago but man i cannot think of another no, they, 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 you know they have, a, they, have a, they
1: have a receiver named racy mcmath
0: which is one of the greatest names i've ever oh, yeah, heard in my awesome. entire life he's,
1: he's fairly new yeah he, he's got one catch on the year <laughs> and it came last week and i mean uh I, that's a fantastic name i mean he, he's he sounds like a villain
0: in an educational video, uh, you know, but <laughs> Racy McMath, <laughs> you know. yeah, check your work, kids, <laughs> or Racy McMath will sink you. Oh, gosh, <laughs> that's really funny! Educational, <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> you have me all all choked up. Um, they do have Des Fitzpatrick, who's a rookie out of Louisville. I remember scouting him. And yeah, he just got th- put on
1: the COVID list though.
0: So, oh, okay. I don't,
1: yeah. I don't think he's playing.
0: So now there's racy McMath. I'm looking them up. So I'm not trying to take credit for any of these guys. I'm just trying to see some of these names here. Oh, aren't you a big Chester Rogers fan? I,
1: <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a, that sounds like a, well, I was going to say something inappropriate, but I don't <laughs> names <laughs> A name that may be associated with another professional. Yeah,
0: adult cinema. (laughs) And Nick Westbrook, Akine is a a second-year player from Indiana. Wow, that's really interesting. So that'll that'll be some really, you know, really interesting matchups here. With that, because Tannehill. This is my next question. I had this in the queue, but I'm going to ask you this now, Ryan Tannehill. You mentioned without A.J. Brown. Sorry, I had to catch my breath there. Without A.J. And then you go ahead and without Derrick Henry. Is he lesser of a quarterback without Derrick Henry?
1: Uh, his numbers have certainly suffered. I mean, in uh, the five games since they, they've uh, since Henry's been out and Brown's been out, he's thrown four touchdowns and six interceptions. Which obviously is pretty poor, and he's been sacked thirteen times in those five weeks. So, you know what that tells you, of course, is uh, you know teams are are again being really, really aggressive up front. Uh, They're they're jamming receivers at the line of scrimmage. They're they're trying to make Tennessee throw the football down down the field, and you know again, basically saying like, "I dare to beat us down the field." Uh, They're looking, you know, uh, they're they're getting in Tannehill's face and forcing them to make some bad decisions. So. All right, he's you know he's a guy who who works so well off of play action and you know off of boots and get the linebackers coming up and then and then throw behind him and you would think well okay well if teams are loading the box then you know why can't they do that well that that works a heck of a lot better against zone than it does against man you know that it's effective against zone because you get the linebackers coming up and you get like the, those cover two safeties playing up in the sky and it opens up that big you know area in the middle of the field behind the backers but in man-to-man coverage that's not the case everybody's locked down so i think that uh, it's taken away a lot of his effectiveness as well
0: now we we mentioned those wide receivers uh, westbrook kine i'm not sure what if that is the correct pronunciation but on the depth chart right now he is the second wide receiver on the depth chart this is a team that has always relied well on the tight end last year, last couple of years it was John U. Smith. Now he is a new England Patriot. And then before that, oh, way before that, everybody remembers Frank whitecheck you know, that was a guy. So when you think of this team, you always think of tight ends as well. So they've got two starting tight ends here that you look on the depth chart, Jeff Swaim and Michael Pruitt is there. Pruitt is more of a blocking back. Yeah. And, totally. Swaim is as well, isn't he?
1: Swaim's not not a, a a guy who's going to stretch the field on you, not at all, not at all. And Pruitt was a guy. Actually, he was a free agent last year. He re-signed with Tennessee, and he's actually a guy that I I thought the Steelers might take a look at because yep. they needed a they needed a blocking tight end. And you know, I didn't I didn't. This was before they drafted Friermuth, and really before before Zach Zach Gentry turned into the blocker that, that he's become this year. We didn't really expect that out of him. So, yeah, I thought the Steelers might take a look at Pruitt as a cheap free agent blocking tight end. But you're right, not, none of those guys. And the third guy is a guy named Anthony Ferkser, who's got a little bit more of an of a, of a ability to get down the field, but he hasn't really been used that much. So you're right. I mean, they don't have the guy to be the security blanket that, uh, that Tannehill's had or that the team has had in the past, and that's inhibited their passing game as well.
0: Also, with passing, we're looking at this offensive line. Taylor Lewan, we know he's good. And you've got you've got about four other guys. Maybe, maybe some know him. I mean, I'm familiar with the names, but with Roger Saffold, Nate Davis, David Queesenberry, and Ben Jones at center, it's not really a a well-known, a a big-name offensive line, but how do they hold up protecting Tannehill?
1: Well, they haven't held up very well. You know, they've given up a lot of sacks, especially in the last five weeks. Uh, Saffold's a guy who's bounced around the league a bunch. Uh, He's been on a couple of different teams. Ben Jones is an undersized center. He's kind of about the same size as Kendrick Green. And, uh, I mean, he's a little bit taller than Kendrick Green, but he's about, you know, the same weight and, and has a similar stature he can occasionally get overpowered by uh by big you know strong defensive linemen so that's been an issue as well and that's again one of the big reasons why they haven't been able to run the football as well because the drop off from uh Derek Henry to Donta Foreman is is significant Foreman's not a not a terrible runner but but Henry can make his own holes I mean he's the kind of guy that runs through people and doesn't need the offensive line to be dominant for him to be effective. Foreman's not quite in that same category. So when the line isn't really pushing people off the ball, especially when defenses are loading the box, you know, and getting that extra blocker up there, uh, he's not a guy that makes teams pay the way that that Henry can. So the combination of really of all of those things, has really kind of been like a domino effect. You know, you lose uh, – AJ Brown and teams don't feel threatened on the outside as much. So they load the box and then you lose Henry. And now teams really feel like they can tee off on your guys up front and that reduces the effectiveness of the front. And then teams get emboldened uh, and start coming after your quarterback. And because they don't think that you're, that your receivers can beat them in man to man coverage. So like the injuries have a significant effect on the way that opposing defenses have approached uh, the Titans. Again, I look at, the fact that they only rushed for 103 yards against the Texans who are the worst run defense in the league. And then, you yeah, know, they, they beat Jacksonville last week, but it was 20, nothing. And they really struggled on offense uh, to put up those 20 points. So they've clearly been a, an offense that, um, you know, has, has issues now. And, and that's, that's a blessing for the Steelers, man. Cause the Steelers are a defense with issues.
0: All right. So you sneak into Heinz field, Kevin, and you judo chop Keith Butler. <laughs> And you and you take his headset, how are you employing this defense against Tennessee?
1: Well, let me tell you one thing I'm not going to do. Uh, I'm not going to play uh, them in the dime in run situations or, or even against uh, 11 personnel looks, which was a really curious decision by the Steelers last week against Minnesota. They played a pretty good amount of dime defense where they ha- they were in a, a 2, three six configuration. And uh, the two outside linebackers were, you know, our, our traditional outside backers. Actually, it was Derek Tuska and, and Watt until he got hurt. But, but the, the inside backer was Marcus Allen, which w- was really odd. And the Steelers got gashed. I mean, absolutely gashed against that look. And they abandoned it by about the middle of the second quarter. But just I, I can't quite figure out what they were trying to accomplish in that dime configuration against minnesota's 11 personnel especially considering minnesota's second best receiver adam thielen was, was out of the lineup so so you're not going to get obviously that look from tennessee as much tennessee's a 12 personnel team meaning they got they like two tight ends on the field and uh the steelers got to match that with their base so i'm going to play as much you know three down linemen base as i can you need a big game from uh Chris Wormley, he's got to be able – I mean, Cam Hayward's going to draw double teams, no doubt about that. Wormley's got to be able to hold up in, in one-on-one situations. And then, you know, you're going to have to alternate a couple other linemen. I mean, Mondo is, is in the mix. Loudermilk's in the mix. Uh, I know Montrevis Adams is going on the COVID list. So, I mean, you're That hurts. Sort of, yeah, it does because he's actually played pretty well. So, you're going to have to really get a lot out of those – you know, that third defensive lineman, whoever it is, and it's a huge week for the linebackers, you know, so, so I'm going to play cover one. I'm going to drop the safety down as much as possible. Just like, uh, just like teams have done the last couple of weeks. I'm going to, I'm going to take a gamble that if they go play action that our, our safeties can recover and lock up the tight ends, you know, down the field. Cause they're not vertical stretchers. They don't really run down the seam too much. Uh, or I'm going to run blitz the heck out of them. Whatever tendencies they put on film, man, we're going to slant and stem and, uh, and run blitz into those looks and, and really just sort of try to force Tennessee into, into long yardage situations. If the Steelers can win first down and put Tennessee in second and eight, second and nine, they haven't shown without Brown on the field that they can consistently uh, throw the ball down the field and convert long yardage situations. So I think being super aggressive on first down against the run is a big key for the Steelers.
0: All right. So that sounds fantastic. We need to find out what this Pittsburgh Steelers defense, excuse me, we need to find out what the Pittsburgh Steelers offense is going to go ahead and do against this Tennessee Titan defense, but we're going to take a break first. So go ahead and stick around as we'll be right back after this message on Here We Go, the Steelers pregame show from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Welcome back to Here We Go, the Steelers pregame show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me, as always, and I am proud to say that here is KT Smith, the championship-winning coach from New Jersey. What is up, my friend?
1: Doing very well, Brian. Really uh, really looking forward to this matchup. Like we were saying earlier in the show, I think Steelers-Titans is just one of those classic NFL games that you know kind of reminds you of football when you were a little bit younger. So I'm excited about it.
0: You know, the New York Jets should have never gotten rid of the name Titans.
1: <laughs> it fits New York, doesn't it?
0: Titan. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a fantastic name. In fact, one of my favorite names in Pittsburgh, in uh, all of sports um, next to the Steelers. And now the Maulers are back. Yeah. You know, I, I know I'm going off on a tangent, but I know you were excited when you found out the Pittsburgh Maulers were coming back.
1: Uh, it's a great, it's a great name too. the Maulers. That just, that's, that's very Pittsburgh.
0: Those oh, uniforms sure. were cool. It, it makes you like purple again. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, somehow don't ask me how, but when I was, you know, in high school, I was a Chicago blitz fan in the USFL. Oh, silver helmets, red and blue. Yeah, yeah. maybe. I don't know. I, I, I have no idea how I became a Chicago blitz fan, but that was the team I liked for some reason.
0: I was always a Mahler guy, but of oh, course, we got to get back to the Titans here and the Steelers. And this is going to be a great game. And I'm really excited for this because, you know, it's kind of on the line. Now, is this a game where the Steelers are done if they lose? <laughs> no, but you don't want them to. This is, this does not put them in a good spot with three games to go losing this game. And it seems like it's a game that they could win, it's a game that they match up well, but they've got to score some points. And what do the Steelers need to do on offense against this Tennessee defense? Well, I know that the, that the stated purpose
1: of the offense this year has been to run the football. That's been the mandate from, from the front office. And there was, you know, we tried to move heaven and earth to improve the run game this year. This is not the week to stand on principle. This is the week to say, what are we going to be able to do effectively? And Tennessee's front is really good. Uh, And if Steelers think that they're going to line up and smash the ball at Tennessee, they've they're, I think they're sorely mistaken. So for me, this is a week where we basically say, we're going to put this, we're going to put it in Ben's hands. You know, Ben Roethlisberger is playing to extend his career. Cause let's be honest. If the Steelers lose this week, they have to win out to make the playoffs. And that includes winning at Kansas city and winning at Baltimore. And, and that's, a really tall order. So, so while, like you just said, technically the Steelers aren't, aren't done if they lose on Sunday, realistically they are. And, and I would say this, the, the strength of Tennessee's defense is their front seven. They're, they play a three four, a base 3-4 defense. And while it's true the Steelers have done better against three down linemen and odd fronts this year than they have running the ball against four down linemen, even fronts, which just uh, real quick, you know, an odd front means basically that the linemen are lined up in the gaps in between. The defensive linemen are lined up in the gaps between offensive linemen. And an even front means they're lined up on the heads of those linemen. And it's a little trickier when they're lined up on the head because they can sort of slant and and play a lot of games. And you can get double teams a little bit easier against an odd front. So I think theoretically the Steelers could run the ball a little more against the odd front they're going to see this week. But that's the strength of Tennessee's defense. And so I just really think it's a week where the Steelers need to throw the football, protect the quarterback, do the best that they can to sort of get protection on on Roethlisberger, whether that means leaving Najee Harrison to chip, leaving a tight end in, whatever you got to do. But the weakness of of Tennessee's defense is on the outside uh, with the corners and safeties. And that's where they're most vulnerable. And I, I would just put this game in Ben's hands and say, listen, big guy, man, you know, can you can you carry us one more
0: time? Well, let's talk about that defensive backfield. You've got one of the greatest names, Jack Rabbit Jenkins <laughs> at <laughs> cornerback. And on the other cornerback is Christian Fulton, who I don't know much about Fulton. And really, I, all I know about Jack Rabbit is it's a cool name.
1: <laughs> uh, Jack has been dinged up. You know, he, he's not uh, he's not 100 percent. A lot of the guys on their on their defense have, you know, battled injuries. I mean, David Long, the the inside backer, who's uh, I think a really nice player. He's battled injuries. Um, you know, I, obviously, you know, our old friend Bud Dupree has been on the, the injured list. I mean, now he just technically came off it and there's a chance he could play this week. Uh, but I don't know how much practice time he's had in. So you know he he's a question mark and you know who's uh,
0: subbing for him right? Yeah, Ola right? Is Ola Denny is the yeah. uh, is right now as of December twelfth on their depth chart is the starter.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so they've got some injuries. I mean, they, Zach Cunningham, who I think is a nice player, who they picked up uh, on waivers, is he hasn't really played yet because he's been he's been injured. But the guys they plugged in like Rashawn Evans. Uh, the big linebacker out of Alabama, he's been great. And jam Brown's been really good. So those inside guys have been pretty good, but yeah, like, you know, uh, when you think about their secondary, uh, the the safeties, Amani hooker and Kevin Byard, I mean, those guys are, are, I think really, they excel in the run game, not so much in the passing game, uh, could be a big week for Pat Friermuth. I, I see it with Tennessee being as aggressive as they are against the run. Um, And with them being a little bit thicker, more thumper type guys, uh, you know, at the inside linebacker spot, I mean, uh, you know, I think about uh, Rashawn Evans and I really think, you know, that that guy's an old school downhill linebacker, but not so much covering, you know, guys in space. Uh, And with the safeties not being particularly adept in pass coverage, I think it's a great opportunity for the Steelers uh, to, to use the tight end and, Friar has been, been great. I just, I just wish they would attack the middle of the field more. They haven't really attacked the middle of the field as aggressively as they could. And I think that has a lot to do with pass protection and all, but this is a great week for it because again, man, Tennessee's linebackers come flying downhill against the run. So they may open up some things in the middle of the field.
0: And you know what, you know, Muth is really hungry after uh, after not converting that touchdown in the final seconds of the Minnesota game. But Kevin, was there any shot for him to really catch that ball? Because he was smashed from both sides.
1: Yeah, and the and the, the one safety made a great play coming from behind to really come down hard on, on his on his wrist and just sort of break his hands from the ball. And then the other safety came in and kind of clocked him. And interesting, man. I saw somebody uh, on our Slack channel today. I don't remember who put it up there, but... Uh, that put something up about showing like the hit that fire took and comparing it to the hit that Micah Fitzpatrick delivered on a Viking receiver and got flagged for, and they were nearly identical hits. Now, obviously it would take, it would take some guts for a ref to throw a flag on that hit on the final play of the game in the end zone like that. But it was pretty similar. I mean, there was, that's a, that's a, that's another subject obviously, but, you know, sometimes you just get frustrated with the inconsistency of the way the game is being called, especially in the passing game with pass interference and those types of things.
0: That is the truth. And Minka was really hot about that. And he still is a couple of days later. You no, know, it was one of those situations where he was like, you know, what do you got to do? Yeah. You played play him play him with the shoulder. Right. He
1: didn't hit him in the head. He didn't take two steps. I mean, what 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 is he supposed to do? Was he supposed to get out of the way? It's just very frustrating. I mean, uh, you can't play defense in the NFL these days. You really, it's just really become exceptionally hard. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't, we can, we can rant about that if we want, but that's an, another subject.
0: Actually, I, I would love to, but I am going to direct us back to the defense of the Titans. And there's one guy that we have not talked about yet. And I think he is fantastic. I think he could be an all decade type of guy. And it's Jeffrey Simmons.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean he when we talk about their front uh yeah, i mean it starts with him he's he's a he, he can rush the passer he can set the edge he can when they stun him uh, he's physical and he can kind of cave in you know, occupy two blockers and cave in uh you know half the line so being able to handle him will be a challenge especially given the fact that if he's lined up at the at the uh, left defensive end where he traditionally is that that's that puts him over top of the of Chukwukaor for who's not the most physical guy in the world, that's a matchup that would that would bother me. Um, and then on the other end, you know, you're, you're going to get Harold Landry coming off the edge a lot, matched up against Dan Moore Jr., and that'll be a challenge for Moore in pass protection. So, I, I obviously, Tennessee, you know, does some things on defense that really create concern. They're physical, they're fast, uh, especially in the front seven. So, I mean, for me, the key for the Pittsburgh Steelers offense this week is you know protect Ben and give him enough time to be able to let him go to work on those on those secondary guys, because I think that's
0: Tennessee's weakness. They did not do that last week in Minnesota, and it cost them because Ben was getting bombarded, especially up the middle, all around. The guy had nowhere to go. And... That was embarrassing. That was embarrassing. I don't know if I've ever seen – I
1: mean, I shouldn't say ever, but I, I can't recall a time where, where so many – uh defenders came clean like unblocked because of just miscommunication or confusion on the offensive line i mean that that was embarrassing an nfl team should be able to figure that out even even if you just go to a slide protection i mean a slide protection is the most is the most elementary protection that that you can go to it's just everybody is sliding to a gap and blocking a gap it's it's the safest protection that you can, you can come up with. And I mean, uh, you know, and again, you might say, well, an NFL team doesn't go to a slide protection because that's just too remedial. But my goodness, when you're, when your quarterback, when you're 39 year old quarterback, who's probably playing better football than anybody on the offensive side of the ball is repeatedly getting hammered with blindside shots and just run throughs. uh, You got to make an adjustment, man. That was very, very frustrating for me to watch because I, I just kept thinking, my goodness, I can't believe that they can't figure it out. It's one thing if you're getting overpowered by guys or you're getting out-athleted by guys. But when you're just sliding away, when you when the, when the guard and tackle are sliding right in the center and, and and backside guard and tackle are sliding left and there's no back in protection and you're just opening up the A-gap for the linebacker to come running through, uh, I mean, that's not an NFL thing. That shouldn't be an NFL thing. That was frustrating.
0: Kevin, can both teams score 30 in this game? No, no, really, even with so. even with the bad defenses, I don't think so. I mean, Tennessee,
1: the last couple, they put up 20 on Jacksonville, they put up 13 on a really bad Houston defense. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't, I don't see it. You know, this, 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 I don't see the Steelers scoring 30 on Tennessee. Um, you know, I mean, Tennessee's front is just really good. Uh, you know, I think this is a, a game that if the Steelers win it, you know, they, they got to be able to do some things in the passing game, like we said. But, you know, they've got to be able to, uh, you know, make Tennessee punt the ball and, and, and try and play a field position game. I don't think the Steelers are going to have, you know, 80, 90-yard drives against Tennessee. I think they, got, they have to be able to, to force some three and outs and, and, and get good field position. I think it's a big week for Presley-Harvard. You know, I think this is, this is, it's going to be a tight game where field position is going to matter. Cause I don't think Tennessee is a team that's driving the ball 90 yards these days. They just haven't shown that since Henry and Brown have been out, they haven't shown that they can do that. So if the Steelers can pin, pin them deep uh, with some punts and, and get into a, some advantageous field position situations, that'll be a huge thing. So, I mean, Harvard's not been very good. Let's be honest. You know, we, we all, we all were enamored with him. you know, the nickname, the size, the was kind of just like an, a different dude as a punter. And most people wanted Jordan Barry out of here. But he hasn't been very good you know he needs to have a
0: big game on Sunday all right so what's the final score going to be mine is 31 30 Steelers oh you. that's uh, I mean that would be 31 if it's 31
1: 30 man that's going to be an exciting uh game I hope you're right I, I would love to see a 31 30 game I'm going to pick the Steelers though too you know I just I just feel like you know Ben Roethlisberger is is coming down to the wire and he's playing his best football of the season and I don't think Tennessee has just got the horses on offense right now. So I'll go, I'm going to go 24 uh, 21 Steelers.
0: I love it. Well, it is going to be a grand game. I cannot wait to watch this show. And when I say show, I think it is going to be a show. I think it's going to be a lot of drama in this game. I think it's going to be very good football. So I cannot wait to grab that terrible towel and start rooting. So, Kevin, thanks so much for coming on again today.
1: Yeah, it was great. Appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Alrighty. For Kevin Smith, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. Get ready for a great one. It's going to be Tennessee at Pittsburgh Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Once again, grab that terrible towel and root, 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 go Steelers.